Well, I finished uh, my my classes yesterday. Oh yeah. And I did. I went on a bike bicycle ride today. Nice. And I went. I so I I went on a bicycle ride two days ago. Uh, before this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I forgot to wear. I wear bike bike shorts, like bicycle shorts. Yeah. Like with the padded buds or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, it's like I didn't do that the other day on Monday. Oh. And it freaking, dude, so sore. And uh, I rode further than I've ridden in a while. So I finally found a bike trail. Or like just like a like a trail or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like the town I live in, it's like kind of, uh, you know, uh, you can ride your bike in the streets or whatever, you know, like uh, commuter style. But I, haven't, I, I, I wasn't wearing a helmet. And so I was just like, oh, I don't want to ride the streets, you know? Yeah. And, uh, which you don't have to here. I just feel more comfortable. Yeah. It's scary the first few times. It's fucking terrifying. Bro, we rode in Amsterdam Uh on bikes in the street. Uh huh. Cause everyone rides bikes in the streets there. They have like their own sectioned off like bike paths a lot of the time. Yeah. But like sometimes you gotta be in the traffic, bro. And it is fucking scary. Yeah. Like, nuts yeah and we yeah we rented bikes one day and it was like dude it was crazy because the like the cars are aggressive there because they don't think they have to be careful around the bicyclers because like everyone rides bicycles there like that's like a very normal form of transportation there you know um and so people know that like how to how to interact in traffic you know yeah but you're new to it yeah 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 it was freaking crazy dude it was the craziest like bicycle riding i've ever done yeah that's nuts yeah but yeah so anyway i was super sore but i put my bike pants on today and um i was just so sore still yeah so it wasn't the most enjoyable ride but i'm just trying to do it as a little bit of exercise yeah no i used to ride my bike in pullman a lot Mm -hmm. um well i started to Cause like I kind of fixed my bike up. So I was in my friend got a bike. So we kind of like would ride our bikes to the skate park. And then we had this other friend that was really into bikes. So we would like ride bikes. Um, a few, like we did a few times and then I started riding to like the town across the way. So okay. I'd go on like these, like, I mean, it would probably take like 40, 45 minutes, maybe even longer, like maybe an hour to bike mm-hmm. to the next town over. So I started like yeah. biking there and then biking back. And yeah, I never had like the shorts with the padding on it. And one mm-hmm. one of the first times I did it, I didn't have a really good seat. It was just like a really small plastic seat. Yeah. And it was fucking terrible. So I got this huge I like took it off this other bike. It was like this huge, like soft, super soft, mm-hmm. cushy seat. You know, mm-hmm. and like it's super huge and weird, and like I kind of felt weird because I'm like, anytime I see a bike, it's always really small seats, and there's not really big comfortable seats. Yeah, you yeah. know, so I felt super weird having it. But oh my gosh, it made such a difference to to <laughs> sit on that. And then, um, oh, but I was gonna say, I feel like Portland is the same way, like you were describing Amsterdam. 
where mm-hmm. people on bikes are just such a normal part of the the thing, right? Like it's just people are on bikes all the fucking time. And yeah, yeah it seems terrifying because I only rode on the road a couple times in Pullman. And um and that was scary because Pullman's not super accommodating to bikes. And then yeah. uh I was gonna say a f- uh, maybe like a few maybe like a month ago a few months ago when we were driving to do our when we used to go out with that group and hand out food yeah. um w- one of the dudes that would drive us you know he comes in the juice bar quite a bit like we're pretty good friends with him he, we like met up at his house and then we were going to this park and he fucking hit a person on a bike oh shit yeah it was insane like we were all in the car and there was kind of like a lot of people packed into the car and yeah. so it was, we were kind of sliding when he'd come to a stop and, um, and like this person on a bike, they did not like, we were like at a weird light. And so like, we were going straight through the light, but we were like stuck in traffic. And then there was like stop signs from the side where there was people on bikes and like, there was these two people and it was like this dude and this, this, this fucking, these like this couple and she stopped at like the stop sign because traffic was just about to start going. Cause we were like stopped at the mm-hmm. light and then we were picking up pace and starting to go through the intersection and he didn't stop. He just went right through it as the cars were moving. Uh, and so yeah. like, and I think it's cause he wasn't looking and we, and like, we weren't going super fast, but we like slammed on our brakes. We slid into him and like, he luckily went over the car. Like he went on top, like onto the hood and then kind of like fell off to the side instead of like going under oh the car. Gosh. And we yeah. were just all like, holy shit, like what the fuck are we going to do? Right. And like the guy just pops right back up. Damn. Get out of the car. And we're like, are you okay? Like what, what the fuck? And all the people around us are like ready to fucking like, to see if we're going to take off. Yeah. Know? And the dude just gets up. He goes, yeah, dude, that was fucking awesome. Holy shit. And like, just gets on his bike and just rides away. Oh, wow. And we're sitting there in the middle of the intersection, like out of the car, like, uh, do we just leave? Like he just left, you know? And everybody's looking at us like super, like in like really judgmental ways, you know, like, Oh, I can't believe you just hit a person on a bike, you know? And like, (laughs) we just like got in the car and dipped. We're like, whatever. Like dude's fine. He ran away. Like, you know, we couldn't stop him. Yeah. It was just so intense, though, in that moment. I was just like, holy shit, we just ran over a person on a bike. <laughs> Dude, so, okay, so, in this, okay, so, I've been to Portland a few times, and, and, and so I'm pretty, fam- like, I, I'm, like, vaguely familiar with the bike traffic, and yeah. so, but, okay, so, I'm trying to paint a picture of Amsterdam for you. So, take, okay, okay so, take Portland traffic, bike traffic, and multiply it by, like, five, because... Okay. And so, like, every single corner in Amsterdam has a bike rack on it, and those those are full. Like, like the okay. bike racks that we would used to have at school. Yeah, yeah. And, like, during, like, work hours or whatever, when, like, when work's getting out, dude, it's, like, a train. It's, like, back-to-back, like, bike traffic. Oh man, I bet it it's just makes it hard to drive so, a car. It, it's really hard. There was a lot of times Jen and I just parked the car we rented and just like, yeah, like walked. Like, oh, I guess we'll just walk, you know? Like, yeah, so there's, hard. There's periods of time in certain areas where it's hard to drive because 
like it's not like hard to drive but it's like you really have to be careful taking right turns mm-hmm. and you know like you have to be looking out all the time and like you have to wait you know like you have to wait for a, a significant amount of bikes or like yeah and so yeah i couldn't even imagine though like yeah, that just, i would say like, you know we talked about it last episode but you want to go to you want to go to the netherlands one day and it's like go to amsterdam for a few days like when you go and uh-huh. <laughs> just check out the bike traffic it is crazy yeah that's intense that's mm-hmm. that's kind of it reminds me of when uh destiny talked about like uh india and yeah. uh getting to places in india and just like how insane the traffic is there oh, and like yeah. and, it, and and it's like everything like like they you know like there's and even in costa rica like um because they would like ride bikes every day to where they would go and it was mm-hmm. just like yeah just the intensity of it over there is just nuts it's it's cool that it's such a different form of transportation than we have here and like yeah like i remember the one of the first nights we were there i saw like a group of girls like obviously like they're like you know 20 you know probably 20 to 30 years old or whatever and they were like going out but they were riding they were like nicely dressed or whatever and they were like clearly going out you know what i mean like getting on their bicycles and going out it's just very funny yeah that is really funny to see Mm -hmm. yeah so i also measured my front of my house for christmas lights oh yeah and went to uh, the hardware stores over by our house to look for Christmas lights, and Christmas lights are expensive. Really, so I, I don't think I've ever bought any before. Yeah, me neither. But uh, this this is the year. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> That's yeah. so fun. It's so funny because I feel like so many of my friends on Facebook that like you know we grew up around that are getting mm-hmm. to the you know like that we're all around the same age you know like. They're like posting pictures of their Christmas lights on their house and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, it's so funny. Like, because I'm like, oh yeah, like, damn, I would have done it differently. Like, I would have done the design a little bit differently, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, why am I thinking these thoughts? Like, why is this what's coming in my head right now? You know, like it, 10, 10 years ago, I would have been like, fuck, fuck Christmas lights, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just so funny how, how much that changes. Yeah. It is very funny. Um, the other day, I I left. I was drinking a smoothie, and I put it, I left it on my desk, and my dogs tried to eat it, and they spilt some smoothie in my in my like Bluetooth keyboard. Oh! And so some of it, like some of my buttons, were kind of sticky. <laughs> Super annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super funny. Yeah. Well, kind of, but it is pretty funny. I mean, that, that was my bad. I should not have put the smoothie like where they could get it. Yeah, no, that's I have to. We can't leave anything out because our cats get into it. Like I've woken up in the middle of the night with one of our cats had her head stuck in a can, and oh was God. like was like banging around the kitchen, and we <sighs> were like, "What the fuck is that noise? Go out there!" And she's like. You know what cats do when they get their heads stuck? They like back up really fast. Mm-hmm. She was like backing up and just banging it on everything. <laughs> and there's like flour all over the floor. So she like got into the flour and was like just messing with it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just like can't leave anything fucking out. That's really funny. 
Um, what's up, everyone? Uh, Leftovers Podcast here. Um, we are going to do our part two of our 20 questions. Uh, the first episode, we got through 10. I don't think we were expecting it to go so long, but like it actually was really good for a lot of material. Um, so yeah, we're just going to finish that list off because um, we were kind of eager to get through them and, and ask those questions. It was really fun. Um, but before we start that, um, I think we're going to talk about our uh, social media and Patreon. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to give a big shout out to our three Patreon supporters. Uh, I just want to say thank you, Eric. Thank you, Christine. And thank you, Remy, for your $5 a month uh, subscription and support for the show. And if anyone else wants to support the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash leftoverspod and donate uh, to the show for for the uh, to further support the show. Um, we have three tiers there, $1, $3, $5. Uh, no matter how much you donate, we will shout you out uh, every episode. We'll, you know, you can ask us questions. You can tell us to uh, call you goofy names or even say something embarrassing, really. Um, I believe I called Eric Big Poppy one time. So, yeah. Um, other ways to support us, though, is to uh, follow us on our social media pages, which is a Facebook and Instagram, which will be linked in the description. And we also, uh, if you guys could, if you guys could give us uh, rates and reviews on the streaming service you're listening to us on, that would be a huge, 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 uh, uh, huge, huge, huge for us. So. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, yeah, I'll start with the first question. Uh, okay, so Jason, do you have a favorite movie genre? What is it, and what is your favorite movie from that genre? Oh, that's that's hard. Um, I I don't know. I would say my oh my god, my favorite movie genre. I mean, they're all in the same realm of like the kind of sci-fi type stuff but i i'm not sure where to put like the post-apocalyptic you know like Uh thing because like that is you know technically kind of its own genre i guess it's like kind of smaller but like and and to me that kind of includes like zombie movies as well because i always consider zombie movies post-apocalyptic yeah and so I mean, it's really hard because I really like when those, I really like like dystopian sci-fi movies. But I mean, I think that I have to go with, it's just so hard because lately I've been into more sci-fi than I have Mm -hmm. anything else. And, but I think the thing that started me in that whole genre was post-apocalyptic like slash zombie movies. And it started with Mad Max. And I'm wait, which Mad Max? Uh, Road Warrior. Oh, okay. So that was like the second. The first Mad mm-hmm. Max was that one's. I don't know. That one's okay. Um, but I mean, movies from that time period are just kind of slow and different. You know? Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I was really into Road Warrior, and I mean, that kind of opened me up into being really nerdy about all of that stuff and being really into it. And so, yeah, Mad Max, I think has to be, and and, I mean, I like, you know, uh, 
I like the other Mad Max movies too, even the more recent one, Fury Road. Like that's, I love that movie. Um, and I hope to see more like Mad Max stuff in the fe- in, in the future. And I, I think it also opened up the window into like me playing video games more. Okay. Cause it kind of got me into like Fallout and, um, and like other more like sci-fi or post-apocalyptic games and stuff like that in it. It also got me into, like, I was already into, like, making my own clothes, you know, being, like, a punk kid and, like, you know, doing up my jackets and painting them and putting patches on them. But once I got into Mad Max and, like, sci-fi and post-apocalyptic stuff, I started making clothes for, like, I I don't want to say cosplay because I don't do cosplay, but, like, just, like, making clothes like that, though, And, and, like... I've always wanted to try and sell them. Like I've always wanted to make clothes like that and sell them online Uh um, to like cosplayers or something like that. Uh Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it kind of just, it started with Mad Max and it's still one of my favorite things. Anytime I see a reference to Mad Max or anything like that, I'm just like, yeah, it's one of my favorite things. And it's, it just opened up such a different world to me and, and got me into more like nerdy and geeky shit. Yeah. You know, I, I used to, I used to not be into the sci-fi and all that stuff. And I used to live with, uh, you know, uh, a, a roommate and he was super into sci-fi and he like, and our dad was super into sci-fi too. And I just, I think that's probably why I avoided it for so long. Um, but I actually, like, yeah, I think my favorite genre of movie is sci-fi. Like, in general, like, I really like, and I, not so much, like, post-apocalyptic is good for me, and I've just kind of steered away from zombie movies in the last few years. I feel like sometimes they're a little too popular now, if that makes sense. Um, but I definitely really like, like, I want to say post-capitalist, like, Star Trek sci-fi. You know what I mean? Where, you know, obviously there's, like a break off from earth or something like that. And uh, yeah, I think the series that I would say, like I've been really fond of the sci-fi series is called the, uh, the expanse. The expanse is super good. And that, that probably represents like type of sci-fi. I really like at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's uh, I know what show that is, but I haven't watched it. And um it does seem interesting to me though. Every time I come across it. Yeah. Super good. Um, but yeah, I, it's so weird too that. I didn't grow up liking sci-fi cause it was, I feel like we were surrounded by it, but never like, I didn't appreciate it until I honestly didn't appreciate sci-fi until a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and it, and I kind of got more into it after I read the dark tower series too. Um, Oh yeah. Cause it's a good series. Yeah, because dad gave me those books one time because mm-hmm. I started reading a little bit more. And um, and that's, you know, like that's kind of like a sci-fi type uh, story. It, it's, I mean, that is just like a wild story. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it started to, I started to get way more into it. And I think it had to do a lot with like the political aspect of a post-apocalyptic world being like, yeah, humans destroyed themselves, you know, with through the modern world and through consumption and that narrative. And then also like the dystopian sci-fi type, you know, like this is where the world is going to and seeing other worlds that are possible, like in like a Star Trek or something where 
it just gives an example of like, hey, the world, you know, like doesn't have to be shitty. You know, like we can try to do better. And I think that's a big reason why is that it might seem like there's not a political idea there, but I've always tied it into one. Yeah, for sure. I think all sci-fi, post-apocalyptic, stuff like that, I mean, you can kind of pull political messages out of it. You just kind of like peel one layer of the onion back, you know what I mean? You can't watch it kind of for fun. I mean, obviously it's going to be fun to watch the movie, but I mean, you can't just kind of like superficially watch it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, uh, you know, our mom really was like, didn't like sci-fi either. And I think that, uh, I think that probably deterred us as kids. But I felt oh, like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like, I didn't, I don't think I actually enjoyed movies the way I do a sci-fi movie until I started watching like sci-fi, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. Yeah. I read a bunch of sci-fi, like, I remember I looked on Reddit one time and I was like, what are like the defining genre of sci-fi novels? And yeah. like they were like Isaac Asimov. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the Foundation series. And that one was like super good. And then I watched like Dune or I read Dune. Excuse me. I read the, the seven original Dune novels. Uh, and those are, those are, that's a really good, those are two really good series. Like, expand like expansive in time and space pretty sweet yeah yeah no I, there's yeah there's so much to it and i yeah i love so much of it and i, I want to get more into books as well because i've been mostly into like movies and shows yeah when it comes to sci-fi and i, I mean that I a lot see. of that started with uh star wars as well like mm-hmm. that got me into looking at you know like other types of things i never realized some of the political messages and some of the other underlying uh, themes in Star Wars and why I was attracted to them and how it's like, no, this is a lot in like other sci-fi or, uh, you know, movies too. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, what's your favorite movie from the genre then? Probably Mad Max from, Oh really? Okay. From post-apocalyptic standpoint, because there's just two, I mean, if I talk about sci-fi, I, I, it's too, there's too many like it's movies broad, that yeah. I really like, and there's too many like even more popular things like you know the Hunger Games, and there's like the Maze Runner, like even those you know like I really enjoy all of that stuff, and it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing I really like more than the rest. And I mean, people argue about Star Wars too being fantasy instead of sci-fi, uh-huh. and so I wouldn't want to call Star Wars sci-fi, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, I'm really into Star Wars too, but it, to me, I think Mad Max is always going to be my favorite because it was the first thing that I was really into. And yeah, it's just, it's always, I just think it's always going to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so my next question, uh, what was, like, growing up, what was your favorite deck or like setup skateboard wise that, that you had? Um, okay. So you and I have, like, I think we mentioned this last time, right? Like very different skateboard styles. And I felt like that went to the aesthetics of it too. Um, yeah. 
I felt like I always wanted to be a little bit more of a technical skater, which like being a technical skater, you kind of like are uh, aff like afforded the a viewing of like a little more guys that are maybe a little more like, damn, I don't know how to say this good, uh, like into hip hop, you know, maybe wear a little baggier clothes, uh, smoking some weed or whatever, like drinking 40s type type guys. And uh, I, I mean, I thought that shit was cool. So uh, I always really liked like, like hip hop style stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and so, like, I think my favorite deck as a kid was this Organica deck, and uh, it's like this brand that didn't exist for that long. In my mind, it kind of is this like precursor to like what is now LRG. Uh, do you know what LRG is like Lifted Research Group? Um, they're like kind of a clothing style brand. They're not really a skateboard brand at all, but they're it's very similar styles. And uh, yeah, I, I, it was just like very like abstract, but like pattern like abstract patterns. It was like print. Um, and yeah, it was just like one of the first skateboards, not the first, but like one of the first skateboards that I was like, oh, this is like the style it had like, it was like really pretty too. And so it was like art almost on it. You know what I mean? Whereas like a lot of skateboards, you know, you have a logo on it or like one little like cartoon or whatever. Um, this one was kind of like the whole board and uh, yeah, it was, it was just kind of sick. It had like swirls and like, you know, like. I don't even know how to really explain it. I'll I'll, I'll uh, have to post a picture of something similar to it, but um, uh, along with the episode art. But um, yeah, it, it was it was definitely my favorite board. But I mean, I had so many cool boards. Like I had that gold flip board, that was super rad. Uh, I mean, my shorties board that was super rad. The Muska, I was super stoked when I could ride that. Uh, I had a blind. Ronnie Krieger board. That one was pretty sick too. Um, yeah. And I always rode Destructo trucks, which is funny because now I have Destructos and I would rather on one of my setups and I would rather ride my independence on my big board, uh, which I was never a big independent fan. And uh, wheels I'd never, I just bought, I don't even know if I ever bought wheels brand new until recently. Um, I just always rode like old spitfires yeah that that's super funny because um i just recently bought my first set of wheels mm -hmm. i think i i think when i was younger i got a pair of like really like the clear looking red wheels yeah and i think i just wanted them because like i had red wheels like i would always put red wheels on my character on tony hawk mm -hmm. and but like other than that, and that was when I was like pretty young, so my wheels didn't matter as much, you know, because I wasn't really doing a lot of tricks or anything. Yeah. And um, yeah, but just recently, just a, like probably a few months ago, I bought my first set of wheels, and I was just completely lost. I, I've always skated hand-me-downs, mm -hmm. and so having a brand new pair of wheels, I was always terrified of because I was like, I don't know what they're like. I don't know what new wheels are like. Everyone's always like, Ooh, my new wheel, my new wheels are super weird, you know, or like they're too soft or they're too hard. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, Oh God, like I'm too scared to buy new wheels. Like I just need to get used ones. Yeah. I felt like my, the last new wheels I bought, I bought too big. I bought 53s 
and those are too big. I think I should have went with the 50s or the 51s. Um, on my like cruiser board, though, I have 61s, and those are super nice for cruising or whatever. But uh, yeah, those with those red wheels you got, those were super soft. Um, I remember because when I learned about like wheel, like the wheel numbering system, yeah, there's like a hardness scale or whatever, and like depending on how you skate and like the way you skate, you know, like you would want harder wheels. <laughs> like, and I would actually want the softer wheel being like more, like more of a technical skater because, you know, you're like kind of jumping off things. And, uh, you're more likely to get like a wheel bite with that softer wheel. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, and yeah, it's funny too because I never knew, I never had a brand preference because like I didn't know any of the brands that we, I think one time I had Spitfires, but like every time I got wheels, they were so worn down already. I had no idea what they were. Yeah, yeah. So it was always like, I don't know. I'm like, am I a Bones kind of person or Spitfire or um and just recently I bought Bones and I I just really dig Bones as a brand. So I was mm -hmm. like, I, I just I want to get Bones. And um yeah, I mean I, I like them a lot. Like I I've skated them um uh, quite a bit now and I actually like them. Yeah, I actually the last pair of wheels I bought, they were pig wheels and it's, and I had never owned a pair of big wheels. Um, and I don't have any complaints about them except they're just too big. I should have just bought a different size, but I mean, they're, they're fine. They're like hard enough. I just, they're too big. I ended up putting my old wheels on. So yeah. Oh and, I, oh, and I had a, I had like a few girl skateboards and I actually really like girl skateboards. I have a girl skateboard now. Oh yeah. 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 I remember you had some of those. Yeah. I always like, girl and chocolate style skateboards yeah so. yeah you were always really into i was always into more of the like rocker type shit like mm -hmm. um i mean i was into element and all the band boards obviously yeah um had a bunch of those and then i was really into zero even though i never skated one until the one that you just recently bought me for my birthday yeah like that's the first zero I've ever skated, but somebody said it's actually kind of good because zero used to manufacture their own, their own boards mm -hmm. apparently. And they weren't as high, like they weren't as, they were just different than a lot of other skateboards. Cause a lot of other skateboard companies use like this one manufacturer that like yeah. manufactures most skateboards. Mm -hmm. And so zero was doing their own. And so the decks were different. They were like heavier and like, they just weren't the same. So switching from another brand to a zero was always really weird, I guess, mm -hmm. is what I've heard from people. And until I think like the shop like burned down or something that they made their decks in. So they switched just buying them. And so like zeros are just more, they're similar to all the other decks that are out there, mm. which is interesting. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I wonder what they would have been like then back then, if they would have been that much different. Cause I've had decks that, are just terrible and don't have pop and just seem really dense and like are just terrible, you know, mm -hmm. like they look cool, but I'm like to skate, they're just heavy and like flat. Like it just like sounds like cardboard when you do an Ollie instead of popping, you know, mm -hmm. it's crazy but... when you get a when you would get a deck and you would just be like, I don't know. I remember like with my girl deck or my flip deck and my organic deck, Organica decks, those were all like meant for me, you know what I mean? Like, they were very good for me. They had like a lot of curve, uh, and like good for flicking stuff, you know what I mean? And I felt like 
sometimes you get a flat board and I was like, dude, these flat boards are like, like elements to me are very flat. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I cannot skate an element just cause I need a little curve in my skateboard, I guess. And, uh, yeah. So just, it's weird because as a kid, you just, Oh, I like this skater right now. Or I like this, I like the way this looks and you don't really think about progress from the standpoint you know what I mean? like from the standpoint of like oh i just need to get a board that like feels good for me and uh yeah yeah no totally elements are it was hard to get used to the first time i got one um yeah. all right my next question is what is your biggest fear um shit that's i I don't know. It's so hard because I'm super afraid of like failure, you know, mm-hmm. of like failing. And even on like little stuff, I'm like, eh, I don't really want to try it because I don't want to potentially not be able to do it. Um, which is terrible to be like. Uh, <laughs> but I think honestly, though, like in, in on a bigger picture, I think what I'm most afraid of is like, like I am afraid that by the time I get older and like death is more of a, like is more part of reality than it is now. Uh-huh. And like, I mean, obviously death is always a part of reality, you know, like, cause I could die tomorrow, but like, I'm not thinking about it, you know, like yeah, if sure. I did like whatever, but like when you get older and you start thinking about it, like I am so terrified I'm going to get to that point in my life and I'm going to be like, I I didn't like anything in my life, you know? Like, why did I do this? Why did I do this? Why did I waste my time on this? Or why did I not do that one thing? You know, and because it's kind of like, I also feel like part of that comes from me wanting to live that's very selfish Mm -hmm. but also knowing that like a lot of examples and a lot of people that i know that live like that like when they get older they're not happy you know like they're not happy with what they've done in life but i'm Mm -hmm. also afraid that like if i never live that way i'm going to look back and be like why didn't i at least do it for a little while you know and like i can say that i kind of live selfishly you know like through you know like my early 20s or something like that but yeah i don't know i'm just worried about that like i'm just worried about like when you get to that point you're going to be like you know i should have done life differently and i don't want to have those feelings i'm afraid of that mindset i'm afraid of that thought process and like having to reflect on that and then just get fucking upset like great i fucked up you know like I didn't like, I didn't like this part of my life or, you know, a big chunk of it or something. And, and it's so hard because it's like, if you want to have a family and be successful, you kind of have to work hard and do a lot of shit. And that's like, not, that's part of the lifestyle I don't want to have, you know, where I'm like constantly thinking about work, stressing out about it all the time, you know, like always being so worried about financials, but unfortunately to do anything in this day and age like you have to worry about that stuff and you have to be concerned about it and and yeah it's just i don't know i guess i'm just i mean i'm just 
yeah, scared about that, you know, like scared about those feelings and how that's going to be when you get, you know, closer to like, or even just like closer to like the second half of your life, you know, like where you're not super young anymore and you're like, you know, hitting that, you know, like 50 mark and you're like, oh, well, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll live another 50 years, but like, you know, like, closer to 30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially cause it's like, I don't know, like people, yeah, people just, I feel like aren't living as long as they used to, which is sounds so weird, you know? Cause like, I feel like a few generations ago, people would live into their like, you know, like there's people in their nineties and, you know, like, and they get up to be like a hundred and stuff, but then it's like younger people are dying in their forties of like disease. And it's insane. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's, that's nuts. Like, and these people were just normal people, you know? And it's like, they're dying of these chronic illnesses in their forties and fifties and sixties. And it's, yeah, that that's terrifying. But I think ultimately just getting to that point in life and not knowing or realizing like, wow, like I wish I would have done life differently. Like I'm, I'm going to be terrified that like, that's, that's something that's going to be unavoidable for me. Cause I'm just, so unhappy with so many things in life you know yeah sure you know i used to this is way less uh philosophic but i used to be super scared of heights <laughs> and then and then i i worked in aircraft or whatever and i i used to be a wing wing technician or whatever and so i'd have to go out onto the wings <laughs> and i kind of got over my fear of heights and I'm pretty okay with it now. But yeah. Dang. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm I, always scared of failing and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, those, those fears are like always there. Right. But, uh, yeah, they're a little, yeah. I was just commenting on my fear of heights. Yeah. No, that's funny. I mean, I, on, on a less serious note, I'm like, I am so afraid of committing on a skateboard. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that's one of my, that's always, I mean, and you should know this more than anything. Look how long it took me to learn to ollie down like a curb and then a three yeah, stair. Yeah. Like, and it was always the commitment part of it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got the execution down. It's just the end commitment part that I've always second guessed. And it always ends up worse than it would have if I would just commit at skateboarding. Yeah, And so yeah. it, it's with rails, it's with jumping down stuff. I get, you know, it's like, I can do this. I can do it. I know I can. I've done it before. I've done all this stuff before. And then it's just the commitment. I'm so afraid to commit to landing on a skateboard that I probably end up getting 10 times more hurt because I don't commit. <laughs> but it's yeah. such a mental barrier for me. Yeah, for sure. All right, you turn. Um, my next question to you is, Ooh, this one's going to be a good one. Do you have like a favorite toy that we had or like toys, like, uh, when we were kids, like something that is something that you still think about or yeah. Yeah. Uh, -huh. yeah. uh okay. Uh, I have two, uh, I'd say my all time hands down favorite toys were uh teenage mutant ninja turtles uh i still have the bus from like the early 90s somewhere 
in the box at my house. Um, I have all four uh, the turtles. I think I have Master Splinter. I have Shredder. I might even have Bebop and, Bebop and Rocksteady in a box somewhere, and I will probably keep them forever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, besides that, it was Legos. Uh, Legos. Or, you know, you got a lot more usage out of Legos because you got to build stuff. And I, I've always, I think that's, you know, it, it, Legos easily, I think, translate into, like, RPG style video games and like that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Because you're kind of creating your own little your own little world, and that's what I really liked about Legos. You know, like building castles or building building cars or building houses and stuff like that. And you get a little it's like part imagination, part part uh, like using your hands. Yeah, I yeah, Legos are still probably one of my favorite favorite things now. Um, do you play with Legos often? I haven't recently in the last few years, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I every time I go to a store, I look at the Legos. I go to the Lego section and I'm like, I want to buy these Legos. Like, I want to buy them all. And yeah, I love them too. And it's for all the same reasons you said. It's so it it was such an expressive thing for my creativity. You know, like to be able to have a toy like that where. It's like we just had a huge box of Legos, mm-hmm. this huge bin. And yeah, it was like, yeah, it, it was so rad. I It's like I, build whatever you want, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and we had so many freaking pieces too that like, we yeah, we, we had a lot of stuff to go with. And like, yeah, there was like no end to the things that we could build with the Legos we had. Like, yeah, yeah that's. Um, I was also going to say, um, if you ever come to Portland and visit, like, and like come over to our shop, like, I have to take you to this toy store that's down the road from us. And yeah. it is like, I went in there and I bought a GI Joe uh, not too long ago, and but there are so so many Ninja Turtles in there. Oh, dang! And yeah, it's and I follow them on Facebook too, and they're yeah, it's super cool, and they always post all this stuff, and I go through the pictures all the time, and I'm like, I remember those toys, like oh yeah, we had those, and like all the yeah. weird Ninja Turtle characters were like, they were just inventing characters that weren't even part of the story to make his toys, <laughs> you know, and putting them into yeah, like yeah. comics and the cartoon and stuff. So, yeah. have you ever watched that show that said the toys that made? It's called like the toys that made us, or the toys we grew up with, or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and they do movies yeah. too, like the movies that made us or the shows mm-hmm. that made us. Yep, those yeah. are those are so and good. I watched I watched the one on Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they they were basically like a toy that got made into a show. Very interesting, like how they did it. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I love Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah, I was never a big GI Joe guy, but I really liked Ninja Turtles. Did, did you ever see the 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 movies? I think it's like the movies that made us or something. And there was one on the turtles as well. And it's no. and it's oh. funny because the the way the Ninja Turtles originally started, like before the cartoon, before the show, mm-hmm. this guy had a comic, and it was yeah. it was uh-huh. like the it was a brutal comic where there was like 
it was like really graphic. And then, yeah, it was kind of dark, right? Yeah, super dark, super graphic. And then they kind of made it into a movie, and it was a really low-budget independent movie. And, mm-hmm. like, everyone thought it was going to fail. And then it just, like, obviously it just, like, took off. And I think that once they, yeah, like, they made the toys and then realized that there's so much potential with those toys, and then from those toys they built the rest of like all Ninja Turtles. Like they made the cartoon, yeah. started making the video games, started making that. And I, you know, like as an adult now, I think like the turtles, like that first movie is actually kind of like, you know, has some like dark undertones or whatever. And I think it could be like super cool if it was like a little darker, you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, at the, the time of the nineties, it just like, wasn't okay to be dark like that. You know what I mean? Everything kind of had to be kitschy and um, yeah, just not as, graphic and stuff like that yeah totally i was gonna say a good uh, uh an honorable mention would be all of our wrestling toys like the oh, action yeah, figures. shoot dude remember yeah, the, that was right. the titan tron when we got that thing yeah, and like yeah. you slide the the foot had like a, a, a some sort of sensor on it and it would like engage the titan tron to like play the the theme song yeah, for that person music, that's so funny yeah um <laughs> I, I would, uh, that's going to tie right into my next question, but uh, I would like to say that post-COVID, like, definitely coming to visit the shop, definitely coming to, like, hang out and, yeah, do all that cool stuff. I mean, we've been wanting to come home for a long time, and it's just every time we, like, oh, COVID might be clearing up, you know what I mean? And we buy our tickets, and then it's like, nope, nope. <laughs> And so, like, we've we've had to cancel, like, three different trips. Like, try you know, we're, we're at this point, we're, like, not even buying anything, you know what I mean? Just kind of, like, having this idea and, like, seeing how COVID goes. But, I mean, yeah, we're going to come down and see, like, I want to see the shop. I want to hang out for, like, a day or two, you know, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be in town. We want to be in town for, like, a week, 10 days. Uh, yeah, so I said it's going to tie right into my next question. And... <laughs> My question is, if you had a theme song or an intro song, what would it be? Oh, man. That's so... <laughs> oh, it's so difficult of a of a thing to pick. I don't know. I mean, I honestly... I would want it to be something... I don't know. I, I don't think I could pick something that I, like, really seriously... Well, let's, let's, start, let's start general, right? Like, what genre? Yeah, I, the thing is that like I want it to speak so many different volumes than, you know, like oh yeah, like obviously I'm really into punk music, you know, like yes, we know that, sure. you know, um, but I mean like, I would I would also want it to play into like the cheesiness and corniness of like my attitude towards a lot of things. Yeah, and like I'd want it to be something kind of lame but still kind of cool, like like Limp Biscuit or something, you know, where it's like. Which one biscuit? <laughs> oh man, like I don't know, like Nookie or something, you know? Oh dude, or, that's so funny. Yeah, you know, like that or uh God, I can't think of the other songs, but there's you know, there's one oh that one song, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like it, it's like the which from which album? Oh god, I think it was the the same album. I think it was from Significant Other. Okay, and, uh, uh, break stuff. Oh, it might be break stuff. Yeah, yeah, feeling like a chainsaw, like that. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. 
what my I I was in a black metal band I played drums for for a little while and like uh-huh. <laughs> um we would cover that song at the end of our set and like we Dude, always that's so funny. we always got complimented on it like people did not know it was Limp Biscuit because we only covered it for like maybe thirty seconds to a minute you know like we yeah, played yeah. like the first chorus and then like the verse and. People were like, "Oh yeah, that was so sick! Like that was kind of like a rap rock type thing going." And we were like, "We were like, <laughs> yeah, totally. That's what we were going for." And so, like, I just, but it's like, if you, I don't know if you have listened to Limp Biscuit recently, like gone back and listened no, to that stuff. No, no, dude. Like, I don't know what it is, but that shit gets me so hyped. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I put it on, and I'm like, oh man, there's no wonder we love this stuff as kids, you know, like. Yeah, it's so catchy. You know, I, I put a I put an episode out. The one of the last I don't know five episodes I put out. I put a I put a I tried to put music in through the app, and it actually the app only lets you put those those episodes out through Spotify, which is frustrating. And so I can't put music in. <laughs> if I could, I would put that. I would definitely put that song in. Right. Super fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. something to consider too, because if it is it you said through Spotify. It'll let you only Spotify. It won't let you do like it won't. It won't play on Apple or anything. Weird. Uh, I mean, I, I th- Google or anything like that. And I think we have most of our listeners come from Spotify, but they they do. But yeah, yeah. Be, that 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 would it, yeah. I wouldn't want to put it in there if only some people could hear it. Yeah. That'd be great though. I ha- I have an answer though. I've like I've. This has probably been my answer for many years. Yeah. What is it? It's wait. Do you want to take a guess? Or, or just, just what do you think? What do you think the genre is? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know because I, I know you're super into hip hop and have been for a long time, and I don't really know much else about your music taste aside from that. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you the first. Uh, what I don't know the where it splits off into a new paragraph or whatever. Uh, a tattooed man, madman on hell on wheels, born a wicked child, left alone in the fields. Father was the wind, my mother was fire, raised by the wolves, and I grew up wild. Is that Wasp? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mean man, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> That's yeah. such a good song. Yeah. I think I, I play that song in my head all the time, actually. Yeah, it's such a good song. Yeah, holy shit. That's a good one. That was in, like, a skate video, too. That was in One Step Beyond. Yeah, yeah, audio video. Yeah, oh, man. I just recently yeah. watched that movie, too. It was on YouTube. I found it. Chris Markovich, yeah, super good. So good. His backside 360 over a, over a planner was sick. I remember that. And he, was going, he skated so fast. I used to be so jealous. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, just totally fearless. Yeah. Um. That's so funny. All right. Um, all right. My next question to you is, oh, um, when and like what got you into guns? Because like I, it kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere, like where I didn't really know that you were super into guns. And then like you just you were. So I never knew like what really like in, piqued your interest in, in that. Um, okay, so I don't want to, I, I would not say I'm super into guns now. Uh, they're like, in my mind, they're like a necessary, uh, not even necessary, but they're a tool. 
you know what I mean? I like to shoot them, sure, but I don't think I'm super into them. I wouldn't put them up high. Like, they're probably in my top 10 of hobbies, I guess. But, you know, as you get older, your hobbies start to twiddle or whatever. Um, but I owned a handgun for probably since I was like 25 years old. And that was just kind of for personal protection. And uh, I got, and that's all I had for a super long time. And then I moved to Texas um, and I made a super good friend who like was also into guns and we were just like kind of meeting each other or whatever. And we were like kind of, uh, I think we were kind of like testing each other out of like, are you into guns? <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, sure, man. And he's like, oh, cool. I have a few. And then we, it kind of like, we kind of like, you know, we're kind of build off each other a little bit in the sense of like, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, let's go shooting. Okay, sure. Let's go shooting. And then we went shooting one time and then we started going more often and now we go, you know, we were trying to go once a month, but COVID kind of screwed that up. And, um, you know, now I own a rifle or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just super fun to shoot. And I think what got me into it, like, I'm gonna, like, you know, why I think it's important is like, I think it's important to have the same uh, systems of defense that, you know, who you would consider your political enemies have. Like, for me, like, the right wing, like, and not even like people who are Republicans or, you know, any of those people, but kind of like the, the extreme right, like the people who definitely like carry guns to protest, you know, like talk about extreme political uh, division in society, like those people who are like gearing for civil war. Like, I don't want to, I'm not one of those people, but I think it's important to like, if that ever broke out somewhere, like, and I know that sounds weird to say in America, but I think I expressed it a little bit in the uh, guns episode we did, where it's like it's I I, I think it's kind of a privileged uh, assumption to not uh, think you need that to think you'll be safe from that forever. And I think with the uh, what I would consider the end of empire that is facing America right or the United States right now, right like. I, I, I feel uncomfortable if I wouldn't, if I didn't have those two things for protection or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I got, I bought the rifle and I did get like some like uh, add-ons or whatever to it. And I mean, I probably won't get too many more. I don't know what else I could really do at this point. I mean, outside of a few things, I don't want to like, you know, talk about changing up major systems inside the, inside the gun itself. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a clear answer, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get the answer like, and I, I guess that's kind of always what I've been curious about too, because for when I got, cause yeah, I wouldn't say I'm into guns either. And like, um, I only own one gun right now and it's not even one that I plan on really ever shooting. Um, but yeah, it's it's our uh, grandfather's old, right? Like one yeah, of yeah, old like rifles. an old uh, an old rifle, which it's, it's totally in a good enough condition to shoot, and I could, and I have ammunition for it. But um, I honestly, 
it's like an old World War Two. World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's World War Two. It's a German World War Two gun. Um, so yeah, kind kind of controversial, but um, yeah. I mean, my I got into guns when I started playing Fallout. It sounds so stupid, but like <laughs> I remember, I played one time when I got this like thing where it's like, oh, we're going to give you. Uh, you got like an armored jumpsuit and like a weathered 10 millimeter pistol. And mm -hmm. it was like this package you get when you played a certain, when you bought a specific one or something. And okay. I was just like, this has been so much easier with this than starting with nothing. And I was like, yeah, okay. If the world goes to shit, kind of the same mentality. I was like, I need to have something like for defense mm -hmm. and something that can be used as a tool for survival and it yeah. was born out of that and, and i mean it was a less realistic version i was like oh yeah you know when mad max happens uh i want to have a gun instead of not having one and, uh -huh. but yeah i mean i i get that too because a lot of those types of people that you're you know referring to as being the political enemies they assume that you know we are not armed and that we don't have weapons uh -huh. and we don't know how to use them and uh -huh. that we're against having them and I think it's also good to keep that in check by letting them know, you know, like, it's not just going to be as easy as you think, like, oh, you can just take over and all the liberals are going to just either be shot or submit, you know, like, yeah. that, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> it's like, that, that wouldn't happen at all. Like, we're going to shoot you and burn your house down, you know, like, it's, <laughs> you know, like, you're talking about anarchists here, like, you're offended when we riot in the streets. You know, like yeah. you, you're not going to be fucking safe just because you have a gun because we are also armed, and I think that's yeah, I've, important. I've, oh, I was gonna say, it's, yeah, I've been. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I was gonna say it's just important for them to know that fact. Yeah, I I've been bouncing around this idea a lot, and it's not fully fleshed out, but it's this, and and this is like obviously a critique that's been in the mainstream for a long time, at least in political discourse of like the assumed binary of mainstream politics, right? And I think I think extreme right wing politics is more in mainstream than like extreme um, left wing politics, and I don't even like to use the word extreme for left wing politics, but uh, so so it goes, but. Uh, there's this assumed binary that if you're not conservative, you're a liberal, and if you're not a liberal, you're a conservative, right? And that really bothers me because there's all these different, there's this huge spectrum of people, and especially the conservative assumption that if you're not a conservative, right, then you're a liberal, and they kind of put you into a box, and, you know, they kind of like, you know, they kind of put like, I don't know, big D, you know, Democratic Party and socialists and all those people all into the same category as if, you know, they all want to get rid of guns and they want to, you know, do all the same things. And it's in reality, I, you know, I would say the Democrats are closer to, you know, the Republicans and what the, even some of the extreme right want to do on like a large swath of issues than what like socialists or anarchists or people who are maybe not even put themselves in those categories, but just consider themselves left of the Democratic Party, you know, like maybe the Democratic Socialists or Social Democrats or something like that. And I think that's that's a frustrating assumption because, you know, as soon as people learn that you're not a Republican or you're not, you know, 
they're like, oh, you must be a Democrat and you like Joe Biden or, you know, if, they, if it's someone who likes the Democratic Party is like, you know, finds that you don't like Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden or something like that. Oh, you must be a Trump supporter. <laughs> Man, my, com- my, my politics are substantially more complex than you've ever even thought about politics, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, guns is one of those um, categories that, you know, doesn't at least for people with the similar political outlooks as you and I, where it's like, this is the one where <laughs> neither of your assumptions are right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, when it comes to talking about uh, firearms and stuff like that, like I could probably chit chat with a, the, with a right wing guy more so than like a liberal, you know what I mean? About the, uh, necessity or like our rights to like being restricted by the government's to for the towards firearms whereas like you know some other social issues that you know obviously not going to talk to the right wing guy uh okay so my next question is uh if you could push a button to make three uh u.s national policies come policies come into effect what would those three be um shit that's kind of hard it's kind of similar to the one it's you know like when you i think i asked you like yeah it's like one one thing it's like Mm -hmm. oh man um yeah it's it's so hard because there's there's things that i'd want to do that would maybe not like resolve any of the issues that have really deep roots mm-hmm. in you know just like c- capitalism and a profit-driven economy you know like it wouldn't improve that situation which i think is the core to a lot of uh problems that we face in the in the new world but i mean I mean, things I'd want to address though are, are things like that are affecting people immediately right now. You know, like I would want to end qualified immunity for police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's something that's just like so. It's something that just doesn't make any sense. It's like cops shouldn't just be able to go and shoot people and basically get away with it. Yeah. And it that's like a, an immediate thing that I see is just like it would be that would help a lot to to end that. Um, and also, God, let's see, there's so many things that are kind of similar to that too. Like, I mean, just reforming our entire prison system, you know, Yeah. would, which would take a lot of stuff, right? Because like one private prison shouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, and just actually making prisons into something where, you know, if, if we're going to have them at all, you know, they need to be something that are actual, you know, like where people can, can go in and learn from their mistakes and come out better people. And, and, and and also, you know, like have it not be so biased, you know, like in that part of that has to do with racial, you know, like history um, in the United States. And so yeah i mean just kind of reforming the entire prison system so it's there's not a racial bias in it you know and there's not a profit motive in any of it and making it so it's not just a you know i mean and 
and yeah, I mean, I have a problem with, you know, capital punishment as well. So like, just, I feel like that would all be like in reforming kind of how we do the prison system. Um, I feel like that's, that's pretty important because that affects people very directly. Yeah, for um, sure. And then maybe just like a, it's hard because like when you address the economy, right? Like I would say, oh yeah, we need to just abolish capitalism and do a different, or maybe, you know, like just, we need to figure out a different economic system, you know? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. but that's like really. It's pretty broad. Yeah, it's pretty broad. And that would be a really challenging thing to do as an overhaul, you know, like, and, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a smooth transition if it wasn't yeah. done over time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, I would want to address, you know, like, um, more like fair pay for people and, um, like maybe, you know, like a more fair tax system. Yeah. So then that way, cause I mean, that's a huge problem. And I mean, that can also tie into like medical insurance too, right? Like, I mean, maybe it would seem more realistic that we would have universal healthcare if we had a more fair tax system and people realize like, oh yeah, no, there's tons of money to go around we've just never been utilizing it in the correct way yeah and so i feel like figuring out the tax system would be crucial to making those other things possible like universal health care and uh you know like more benefits for workers and stuff like that and average people like once you figure out that tax system you can solve a lot of the other issues with that so i feel like that's one of those core problems that like would need to be addressed for there to be change in multiple areas of society. So like, I think that would be another priority. Okay. That's two. Oh, was it? Um, oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Prison oh, yeah, system, no. tax system, and the Medicare. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, yeah, I mean, because they kind of all go hand in hand, right? Like, the prison system, I don't know, like, the prison system in, like, police officers are kind of all tied together, right? Like that's yeah, all uh -huh. kind of one thing. And then, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah. And, and the things are so kind of uh, broad, you know, that like they all really do fit together really well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say that like a, a tax system, uh, you know, policing and prison, like major, major reforms in those areas that, you know, like for the time being could make sense before we move to a, a more perfect system. Because like I said, making those changes outright, I think without, you know, like uh, taking the time to, to change them into what would be a more perfect system yeah, could could be very detrimental as well to, to the cause. And um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, the, I think those are, those would be kind of my, my issues. I feel like that I would want to change nice. right off the bat. Um, let's see. My next question for you is what, uh, yeah, this is something I'm actually really interested in. Um, what is like your criticism, like your top criticism of veganism? Uh, you know, I don't really feel like I have one. <laughs> if I can yeah. be completely honest, like it, it's, I used to feel like strong. It, it, it's similar to how I used to feel strongly about like people who are religious or something like that. 
and I wanted to like, you know, show them like you're wrong, right? Uh, yeah. But I don't care. If, and, yeah. And I don't mean to sound like rude or whatever, but like for me, like if you want to be vegan, freaking do it, man. Like, you know, I'll say like, oh, right on, cool. I'm not gonna like offer you meat and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think that's rude and. Like it's a choice, you know what I mean. I would, I would say, you know, there's obviously some like uh, stereotypes about vegans about you know how they always put it in your face or whatever, and I've never actually really experienced that. Um, you know what I mean. I, I, I don't think it's for everyone. I think, I think people can, you know, go vegetarian. I think there's a whole spectrum of, you know, diets that people can fit into. I think. Um, you know, like, I think, you know, this, like, I think, yeah, I wish there was, like, less factory farming and all that, you know what I mean? I wish we were a little bit closer to the uh, meat products that society did eat, you know, raised in humane conditions and stuff like that. But as far as, like, a criticism of veganism, I don't really, I mean, dude, if you're vegan, like, okay, (laughs) you know, like, I don't, I don't care. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's funny because it's like there and it's probably because, you know, like like you've been around it for a, a long time too, you know, because yeah, of uh-huh. me. And and I'm just always curious cuz people and, and maybe it's because it's also something you haven't, you know, like thought about a lot, like I think about it all the time, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um but like I always every time I meet someone and and they find that out, right? Because people always offer you food. People always ask you about food. Yeah. to eat or what are you eating there and like so of course we're going to have to mention oh yeah we're vegan that's why we're eating this or that's why i can't accept your food you know like yeah uh-huh. or rather i won't accept your food but like um but yeah people always just have some problem with it right and i feel like the more you're exposed to it and understand it too the 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 less picky you get about it because you're like okay yeah like i see your major you know like the major problems that are addressed through veganism that are good initially, you know, like environmentalism and animal rights and stuff like that are generally good. But um, yeah, people generally have um, opinions about it. And and because like, I mean, even me, like, I guess I have, you know, complaints about veganism too. And and it's just on, it just depends on what level it is at, you know, like, because there's, you know, there are stuck up vegans and there are vegans that act like they're better than everyone else. And then mm-hmm. I also have problems with like companies that are like, Oh look, we're so green and we're so good for the environment because we're a vegan company and we use this sustainably. But then it's like, all your products are in plastic, you know, like you're, you're selling at Walmart, you're selling here, you're selling there, you're selling, you know, like shipping all around the United States. And, you know, there's just so many, yeah. Like, issues and i think that that kind of goes in the vegan community though like vegans have more beef with other vegans a lot of times you know yeah um but yeah that's just something uh if i was it, yeah i mean i guess what if you said like since you said that i do i i guess i do have a criticism and and it, it's not of like any one individual it's that like there does seem to be this incredible concern for animals which you know justified right And I feel like there's less talk about how these things are farmed, right? Like the manufacturing production of 
of the you know the, the vegan foods and stuff like that and again i don't know if that's a criticism of veganism i feel like that's i feel like sometimes and, and i think probably what you're talking about like stuck up vegans right they're like oh i'm a vegan i don't have to i don't have to think about anything else i just get to be a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever. you know what i mean like my, my politics are done for now and yeah um, and i don't know I, again i've never met anyone like that and so i don't even know if that's really true it's just that when you said it right and so yeah there is this I don't know. It's like, what about the the farm laborers and the migrant laborers and the people picking, you know, where's, where's the, and, and again, I'm not saying that some, be, you know, vegans don't protest all that stuff. Like it's not really a criticism of more of just like, I wonder if there's a large percentage of vegans who also protest the like maltreatment of migrant laborers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's something that's that's big too like in you get a lot of those criticisms outside of veganism which mm -hmm. you know going into veganism where it's like there's a lot of people outside of it that are like oh you sit there and praise your diet for being cruelty free but you don't care about the the labor in land being exploited to go into your garbanzo beans or your uh your oils and your you know like where you're getting this from and that from and or your quinoa you know mm -hmm. Which is a huge concern, right? And it's, uh, it is. And, and I, uh, you know, there are a lot of vegans that just stop it. Veganism. Oh, I'm vegan. So I'm good. Like, mm -hmm. don't need, don't need to worry about it. And, and that's where you do get kind of that stuck upness, right? Where people are like, get really nitpicky. Well, you got this and that and that, you know, and like this, it, this white sugar wasn't technically a hundred percent vegan because it was processed with, uh, charred bones or something, you know? Which all that stuff is very valid, but like, yeah, it's, um, that is, that is kind of a big criticism is people don't look much being vegan. Um, you know, and I think that's changing now because a lot of people are more into, uh, you know, the aspect of like, where'd the food come from? Who picked the food? Who was doing this? Were they treated fairly? Is there a fair price involved in this? Yeah. Um, that stuff's becoming more important. But yeah, that, that, that's a pretty big one right there where people don't really take concern with that stuff too much. Yeah. Okay. So my next question is, so as more of like an anarchist, right? Like I imagine you get along, I mean, not get along, but like you probably find some similarities with like libertarians. So what, how do you like quickly how do you talk a libertarian off the ledge of libertarianism and into like maybe accepting more you know because i feel like libertarians are going to react pretty negatively to someone who says oh i'm an anarchist despite the similar views or whatever right so how do you how do yeah. you talk them off the ledge of libertarianism to maybe accept and or like look into anarchist views um i mean it's i most libertarians i've talked to they really like the idea of libertarianism and then you ask them about the military and they're like, well, yeah, some things are necessary though. Like they're like, Oh, taxation is theft. But I'm like, well, that pays for military and you support the military and you think it's necessary. And they're like, well, yeah, we need some of those things like law enforcement and military and all this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but you're a libertarian though. So you believe in the, the, those freedoms. So why do you believe in authoritarian things telling you what to do? Mm -hmm. And, and so, I mean, that's kind of like where I like to start with, with libertarians. Um, 
you know, is to kind of get into that mentality where it's like, you understand that like, we can't just not support each other as a society. Like that doesn't work. We can't just all be individuals. Um, you know, like, I mean, we can, I guess, but it's just, it, it doesn't work with where the world's at today. You know, like yeah. the world, there's too many people in the world and, and too many people have been screwed over by, you know, the, the systems of government and by other people to where it's like, we, we need to help people out. We need to level the playing field and, you know, like give people legs up where they, they haven't had it, you know, um, for there to even be that, that notion that society can be more individualistic. It's like, people are going to have to be. Yeah. Uh, so I always like to start with that, but libertarians, I've met a few libertarians too, that were more of a liberal kind of libertarian. Uh -huh. And the thing that gets them always is I'm like, if you are a libertarian and you're, vo you, you're voting for these people and you look at how they feel about like environmental protection and, you know, like knowing that that, that doesn't exist in the perfect libertarian world, you know, yeah. like those things don't exist and like bodies of government to, to make sure that, you know, corporations aren't polluting too much, which obviously that's not happening now on a good enough scale. Right. Right. But, but if you get rid of it even further, like how can you claim to be an environmentalist and care about animal rights and environmentalism, but then be like, Oh yeah, I support this candidate who doesn't support any sort of government, you know, like body to oversee business. Yeah. And so like, that is also, where it is and, and as an anarchist you know a lot of anarchists believe in mutual aid mm -hmm. um in providing mutual aid ourselves you know not relying on the government to do it for us because we don't think they're going to but like so that's one that's a big difference too where you know like between libertarians and anarchists libertarians want to be left alone and not help or deal with anyone mostly you know they're like conservatives that have this idea that if they're not going to be taxed, they'll be super wealthy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, which I guess in some sense is kind of true, but yeah, I just always start with that, you know, and, and kind of go into that. Like I do believe in, in mutual aid, but like, not because like, I don't think mutual aid needs to exist. It shouldn't exist. You know what I mean? Like we should believe in mutual aid so much that it is built into our government. Yeah. Like, um, and it shouldn't be on to individuals to do that because as individuals, and I do respect individuality, you know, as an anarchist, like we do have our own lives to take care of. And like, we, you know, like it, it shouldn't be left up to, to us, like as individuals, when there are systems in place that just aren't being utilized and, yeah. and yeah, in a big enough society, like we have now, those systems need to exist and they should exist out of a want to help other people. And, and that's something that you don't find in libertarians, you know, where it's like, there's just not a lot of humanity to it. Yeah. I always start with roads personally. I don't know as an anarchist. So I always, I'm always like, whenever someone tells me they're a libertarian, I kind of shudder a little bit because I'm like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> being more of like a socialist and like someone who believes in like powers of state or whatever to do something through a, an established apparatus. I always just start with roads and like a lot of the libertarians I used to deal with back home, they would always hate paying the toll roads that are up in Northwestern Washington or whatever. Like imagine if all roads were like that. 
think that's libertarian as you know someone who built it gets to charge you to to use it and yeah i always feel like that's it that's that's my always my jump off point that actually you know what's really funny is i had that conversation with someone who said they were libertarian and they were like oh uh private industry builds more roads because because talking about living in pullman he's like the company we worked at you know they built this road and they they you know helped contribute to other things because when people function in this small society it benefits them in the long run to give them access to their place of business where they can come into work and getting back to their houses mm-hmm. but but i'm like yeah but they don't come and plow the fucking streets when it snows you know mm-hmm. they don't they didn't build the the individual roads to my house and then to my neighbor's house and then up the hill to those people's houses they didn't build the the road to Safeway, you know. Yeah, the road that. for you to like, get groceries or. Yeah, or... I'm like, they built the main road so that you could get from your house, basically to their place, and that's it. Yeah. So like, yeah, even I've someone's tried to argue that point with me, and been like, oh no, private industry would build cities. <laughs> like okay. Uh, okay. No, yeah, they sure. wouldn't. Yeah, they would. They would build freaking tenements where you have to live there and. <laughs> exactly okay um my next question is if you were forced to go into the military but you could choose what branch you go into Mm -hmm. what what do you think you would go into uh you know i want to uh it's one of two it would be the navy or the air force Um, probably the navy I, you know, in my mind, I, I like to say I, w- I would like to fly a jet, but I don't want to drop bombs on people, so, <laughs> but I also don't want to shoot people, so I wouldn't want to be in, like, a combat role either. Yeah. Um, that's what's hard with the military, because, like, they all kind of contribute to some sort of, like, atrocity at some level. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't Is the Coast Guard? I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know if the Coast Guard is, or maybe they are. I know the National Guard, you know, like. Yeah, those are like state militias, technically, but they're still controlled by the federal government. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I would, I've worked on aircraft now, so I could probably go into the Navy and work on aircraft there. That'd be fine. Yeah. No, I've I've always thought the same thing. I was like, eh, it'd be between uh, Air Force and Navy. When I was younger, I always just wanted to be like a fucking like a grunt, you know, like mm-hmm. a mar- Marine or something. But that's just because I was obsessed with the uniforms and the gear and stuff. But yeah, I think more realistically, I would probably choose the Navy as well, just because it. Yeah, it seems like the the least like like you're not going to be shooting anyone, you know, yeah. most likely, you know, and uh, yeah, and even if you are, it's you know, you don't have to look the people in the face before you shoot them, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is kind of you know, like happens in the Air Force as well, which is almost kind of worse. But like, I feel like it's more traumatic for the person doing the shooting if they, you know, are seeing the people up close, yeah. But I, I feel like you get to see a lot of the world too, and yeah, yeah like being, you know, being in the Navy and not a war and not wartime would be pretty, I mean, it would be cool, you know what I mean, like our dad was in the navy and during the cold war 
which was like you know not a hot time and he didn't actually see any like action or conflict or whatever and he got to go to a bunch of places that's all i mean yeah i would love to go to a bunch of different countries that'd be great yeah yeah no i think it'd be be pretty rad um what is your earliest memory um probably let's see i have some weird memories of kind of like what you were saying when you have a memory of just being really afraid and like really scared Mm -hmm. i had one of those moments and it was pretty early on and i can't remember i think like our i i'm pretty sure that it was before the divorce and we were oh we were in that house in sumner and we like went over to a neighbor's house or a friend's house or something. And the details are really, I don't remember a lot, but I remember being left inside and I don't remember if there were other kids there, but I feel like there would have had to have been other kids there. Cause like, why would all the adults leave me alone by myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I'm thinking like, I don't know, our parents, they probably would have done that, you know? Yeah. And so I just remember being in there. I don't remember being around anybody but I remember looking at like the window and it had like a sticker that was like a neighborhood watch crime watcher thing. And it mm-hmm. had like a, there's like a silhouette of a guy in like a hat and like has white eyes. Yeah. And yeah. it's like a burglar, you know, like, Oh, look out for bur- <laughs> yeah. something. Right. And I kept staring at it and it fucking scared me so bad that I sat there and I'm pretty sure that there's no other kids in there. Cause I felt so alone and so <laughs> terrified. And I was like, I'm going to get fucking kidnapped. Someone's giving like, I don't know what to do. So I just flipped out and just started screaming. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I remember. Like, I don't remember what happened after that. I don't remember what happened before just that. And, and I think it's just moments like that where I was scared. I was really afraid of there being a jackrabbit outside of our fence in our in that house too because i think there's like a jackrabbit on like cabbage patch kids or something yeah there's like a big mean jackrabbit in one of the books we used to read or something like that yeah and so i always thought there was a big old jackrabbit behind our fence and so i'd go out there and then i'd freak myself out and i just run (laughs) terrified i'd be like oh the jackrabbit's back there and i just like freak myself out so bad i'd just lose my shit and run and cry yeah that's so funny yeah and I, I remember those a lot, like, like those weird little, they're like, you know, 10 seconds of like life, you know, where you're just like, oh, I'm so scared. And then you run. Yeah, for sure. All right. My question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is there a reality you would want to live in from like a movie or like TV or book or something like that? Like just a, a different reality from like a different thing, like a TV show or movie? that uh you would you think that you'd be stoked to live in um, no uh maybe star trek just because they seem like they got like hunger and poverty solved no yeah (laughs) that's so funny that's so funny yeah oh man like i think about this stuff all the time like um Initially, I always thought I would really like living in a Mad Max world, uh, but that's just way too dangerous. <laughs> you know, like, you where I'm like, you know, like you don't, can't even sleep. Someone's gonna kill you. Yeah, exactly. Like it's terrifying. But I always, 
liked that idea of like being in like a fallout or something like where you're like, Oh, most of the world's destroyed. Like I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, if, if my apartment complex just was emptied and nobody lived here, I would have so much fun just rummaging through people's shit and like collecting (laughs) stuff. Yeah. And so I always think about that. I'm like, that would be that aspect of it seems really fun to me. Um, but then other than that, like maybe star Wars, I'm like, I would love to live somewhere really like in that reality, technologically advanced, you know, there's plenty of places where it's it's pretty similar to our world, you know, like as far as the conflict, so it's not super dangerous. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's people that just live pretty normal lives and have pretty normal jobs, but there's travel in space and there's cool technology and shit. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think about that quite a bit, so. <laughs> That's funny. I, you know, I always, whenever I watch, like, old-timey show, like, Castle Time shows, um, I always think, man, these people, like, I think I could kill it here. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, fly a little bit more and, like, you know, <laughs> not believing in God and stuff. Just kind of, like, weasel my way out of stuff. Like, no, I swear. And be like, oh, yeah. you swear on the Bible? They'd be like, yeah, for sure. And then They'd be like, like oh. Right, see you later. And, I mean, it's obviously a very uh, character, like, a character of uh, what the world was like then. <laughs> just, I would probably get hanged super fast. But, uh, yeah, I'm always like, oh, yeah, I would just like fly more, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's funny. Oh, shoot, my turn. Um, okay, so uh, what do people seem to misunderstand about you based on your like appearance or your interactions with them or like your shyness? Um, people always assume I'm an asshole, and I mean, I can be for sure, you know, like, mm-hmm. I probably become more of an asshole to people I become better friends with just because that's kind of like I was saying before, I, I kind of like those friendships where we're just assholes to each other and we understand it and it's not real, you know, like, um, but I think initially people think I'm a mean person, um, and I mean, I don't help that with my appearance at all and not even just, oh, I'm covered in tattoos and I dress more alternative or whatever, but like, just the look on my face is always like a scowl or always just like there's a chip on my shoulder. And I don't even mean for it to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people always assume that they always think, oh, well, OK, you know, like here, you know, this dude's looking kind of mean and he's covered in tattoos and, you know, like as of recently, oh, fuck, he's got a shaved head, you know, like he looks like a he'd be a fucking mean dude, you know. Mm-hmm. and people always meet me though and they're just like you're one of the nicest fucking people i've ever met you know they're like yeah. seriously and and i'm always just like i don't get it because i'm like i just assume other people are really nice you know but that's yeah. totally that's not true at all you know like yeah. and so people yeah that's something that people i've been told a lot they're like yeah when i first met you i was intimidated and i thought you'd be mean and kind of a dick and you're one of the nicest people i've ever met hmm. that's cool yeah yeah Um, let's see. Oh, okay. This one might be kind of weird. Um, is there any vegan food that you like? Something that is like specifically vegan, not like, oh, an apple. Obviously that's vegan, you know, but like, well, is there any, say, I was going to say fruit. Yeah. But have you ever I had like, like a specifically vegan food that's like prepared vegan that you've had that you really like, or like, Something like a lot of people that haven't eaten tofu fucking hate tofu, you know? 
Like, have you I ever really, had it? Yeah, I don't like tofu. Yeah. It's but, too spongy for me. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I was just wondering if you've ever had anything or if you've ever had a specifically prepared vegan food. I don't think I have. I've had vegetarian foods um, plenty, but I don't think I've ever had something specifically prepared, uh, prepared vegan. Yeah. No, that's interesting because that makes me want to, like, make food for you and, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. make, like, I mean, or even, like, a vegan version of a more traditional food or something like that. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I think I said, like, I've had, like, an Impossible Burger and all that stuff. I don't know if that's vegan, though, like, because I'm eating it on a burger and I eat mayonnaise and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I, that's... I don't think, yeah, I don't think I have had a specifically vegan food, just... Yeah, obviously vegetarian, but you know vegetarians can eat cheese and stuff yeah. like that. So, like yeah. my, my one of my best friends is vegetarian. So, like if we, you know, go and get pizza and stuff like that, we get vegetarian pizza and stuff. So yeah, no, that's like, that's yeah, that's good to know because like a, a it's something that I always like to do with people too because it's like um and, and not that you're like an asshole about vegan food at all. But like you know, so many people are just like, "Oh, I don't think I could ever eat vegan food." And then I'm like, "Okay." Oh, you know what? I have at your wedding. Oh yeah, that's right. My whole yeah, my vegan my wedding. Was it was all, all it was all good. Yeah, it was all fine. And I I lied to grandma and mom about it and said it wasn't vegan, and then they ate it and they thought it was good. And I was like, "Psych, it's vegan." That's and so funny. Yeah, I have had vegan food, like the pasta. Yeah. There was a pasta that was super good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never sat, like, that was more like buffet. You know how it is, like, at, at weddings like that and stuff? Yeah. And not like a buffet. That doesn't sound right. Like, you didn't, like, go to old, a vegan old country buffet or something. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it was all, like, catered. And so I didn't really, you know, you weren't like, oh, yeah, no one's ever, no individual has ever made me vegan food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, that... yeah, next, next time I'm around, you'll have to, Yeah, yeah. No, that's good to know though, because yeah, I fuck. I think about the food we had at the wedding all the time. I yeah, yeah super so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite tattoo of your of your own, and what is it? Um, that would have been funny if you were like a tattoo of yourself. I'm like, no, I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have that's a big Stevo on my back or anything. Um, I don't know. That one's hard. You know, it's funny. I was just talking about uh, this with someone. Um. Uh, the other day at the juice bar, they came in and were like, Oh, Hey, do you have a favorite tattoo? And, um, it's so hard. Cause like, a, you know, like one of my arms was almost everything was done at the same time, you know? And so I mm -hmm. consider it my whole sleeve, almost one tattoo, but yeah, I mean, it's really hard. Cause there's always something that is, you know, like I have an attachment to my first tattoo. Like it was just, so... I forget what was your first tattoo. It is, um, it was just like a little skull and crossbones and there's swords on it and little oh, yeah, that's right. pirate. That's what like, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, little pirate muskets. And I like drew it myself. I like drew and like designed it and then like brought it to a tattoo artist and they obviously redrew the whole thing. And um yeah, I mean I still have an attachment to it because it was like it took me a year to figure out what I wanted to get once I turned eighteen. Mm -hmm. Um and but I don't know if that's my favorite, you know, because like a lot of I, I'm drawn to a lot of my tattoos that look cool, like on my hands and shit and like my yeah. neck. I think my neck looks cool. And I have a really cool wolf head on my shin that I really, really like. It's just it's a really well done tattoo. Um, And but I don't know. I have this other one that's above 
that it's on my shin right below my kneecap and it's like uh you know like the the handshake tattoos which is like a hand like two hands shaking yeah um it's one of those but uh one it's one hand and the other one's a snake like biting the hand mm-hmm. and I, I just really love that tattoo I, it might be that one might be one of my favorites it's not very big but it's just God, I don't know. Now I'm looking at my leg and I'm like, I have this tiger head too. And I fucking, yeah. If I don't know, if I could pick like a body part, it's my shin. My left shin and calf uh, is just, I love every tattoo on it. I've got like seven on there, I think, right now. And they're like more American traditional. Yeah. Yeah. It's all traditional stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah. None of it has any significant meaning. You know, I've got like a burning church and, like a coffin and skulls and broken arrows and just all sorts of random shit, you know, but um, yeah, I fucking, God, I don't know. I have a Sailor Jerry one on my arm too. That's like, I, uh, I have a lot of Sailor Jerry tattoos, but um, uh-huh. it's like a brass knuckles and like a, a baton and like a straight razor. And it says, love thy neighbor on it. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I just, I just love that classic traditional shit. Like it's just so, they're just so cool. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, I don't know. I would say everything on my shin is probably my, some of my favorite tattoos that I have. Yeah. Um, but it's so hard for me to pick one because I, you know, the other, you know, some of them have meanings that I'm really into. And some of them are just completely arbitrary pictures. that I just think look cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, some of my favorite ones I have are all on my shin. When I look at my shin, I'm like, I wish my shin was my arm. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that gets to me about tattoos. Cause it's like, you know, as you age or whatever, you, like as a young guy, like as a young person, you use up parts of your body getting tattoos and you're like, and then when you're a little bit older, like, damn, I should have gotten this there. And it's part of the reason I have to sit and like, consider it for so long because i'm like i don't want to i don't want to like it's not that i'll regret it it's like i don't want to put something else there and then kind of ruin it you know what i mean because that's what i do with my chest like i have freaking two sparrows on on my chest and i'm like i shouldn't have gotten that there yeah yeah that's i i get like that a lot too because as i've gotten older i got way more into the more traditional styles of tattooing and when i was younger i wasn't into them at all um, mm-hmm. and luckily a few of mine were close enough to that style that they can blend in. So I can yeah. like blend them in with like a sleeve and shit. But, um, but yeah, that's one of my biggest hiccups too. And, and I, I got over it though, because I realized if I think about too much, I'll just never get anything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but some of my regrets and tattoos aren't like, Oh, I wish I didn't have that body part tattooed. It's like, Oh, I should have gotten something different. Like, like if I had your birds on my chest, I'd be stoked about them, because they would go so yeah. so much more well than like the things that I have like up on my shoulders, because I have more of mm-hmm. a, a traditional piece in the middle of my chest, and then I have these other more like realistic looking things on my shoulders. Yeah, so your shoulders. I have like these two skulls that um I got like Luis drew them up at Exile, uh-huh. and so they're like like he you know because he was really into drawing just like custom tattoos and doing custom shit and. Yeah. That was like one of the only tattoos I got that he drew up originally. So like I'm still stoked about him. Like they still look really cool. And you know, like he drew them specifically for me. 
Yeah. So yeah. they're cool, but like the the styles are just different. Like they're on the same color scale, so they they blend in, but um, the styles are just a little bit different. And I'm like, oh yeah. man, like if they were just a little bit more of a an American traditional style, they'd look fucking. It would look really good with the rest of my chest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, my next question. Do you think that you are 100% straight? I don't know if this is going to be weird, but... Um, I don't think anyone is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anything, anyone's 100% anything. I think there's a spectrum, and you fall in the middle of the two. But I don't even know if I want to say that. I don't think there's two. I don't, I don't think it's binary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, myself, personally, like... Uh, I wouldn't have a romantic experience with like a male or let's say any, anyone else but a female just because that's I'm attracted to females but like I don't um, I don't I can find men attractive if that makes sense you know what I mean like I'm not in any way like discouraged from being like oh yeah good looking dude or whatever and I'm like I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone is 100% one thing or the other. And so, obviously, I couldn't be, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's how I've always viewed it, too. And, I, yeah, and I mean, I'm a lot more loose with that, too. And, like, I've, I have never explored sexually, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, I wouldn't say very, but I'm attracted to men. And, um, in, in, certain ways and objective ways as well you know like in mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean as i've gotten older i've realized i'm i would be a lot more comfortable with exploring that side of my sexuality if i wasn't committed to you know a monogamous relationship or whatever um yeah yeah i i just think it's interesting because a lot of people are so a lot of dudes you know are so like oh my god i can't you know like do anything or say anything weird that would be kind of gay-ish you know and i'm like dude why not like who cares like yeah stick stick a couple fingers up your butt and get over it dude like it's not that big (laughs) of a fucking deal like yeah you know like just get over it yeah 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 it, it is weird like you know i think growing up when we did it you know it was so much more okay i don't want to say okay but the, the, the homo, uh, the LGBT, LGBTQ bashing was like so much more present. And um, again, like, I think we, you know, as children, we are all like susceptible to using that language, um, which, you know, looking back on it is like not okay right um but like as i got to be older and as i like moved away from you know like that old life or whatever yeah i like i just thought less and i I did i didn't think i thought less and less of it and that like if someone's gonna be a certain way just like cool dude you know what i mean like i just like people for who they are like how they like treat me kind of 
And so, like, I don't care how you self-describe. I don't care how you, what, like, romantic or, like, what endeavor you want to partake in. Like, as long as you're, like, a decent human. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, but, my, I mean, again, myself, again, like, I've never, like, seriously given thought to, like, oh, I, I, you know, I would like to be with a man. Yeah. Not, not, not seriously. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, no, yeah, and it's, it's a weird thing, too, right, because I'm, like, if I had to put a number on it, right, I'm, like, yeah, like, 85%, I am very attracted to women, you know, like, Mm-hmm. but then there's just you know there's yeah it, it's a spectrum to me and it's it's fluid and i think that seeing younger kids being a lot more fluid with their genders and their sexualities is really cool and uh, something that i wish would have been more acceptable when we were kids because it's yeah. it's yeah. scary to explore that stuff when you know how rejected it is and how rejected it was you know like seeing even some of the kids we went to school with be so picked on and even like me being picked on for being, you know, like when I dyed my hair black and got a piercing and, you know, like just, I couldn't imagine if I was any more on a, on a different spectrum or was any more, any more of a weirdo, you know, to put it in not the best terms. Like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine. And it, it's cool to see that with the younger, with the younger kids. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think younger generations are so much more accepting of, yeah, sexual fluidity. It's like, I think I think you're right. Right? Like, I wish I wish as kids we got to experience a little bit more of that, or you know, growing up we got to experience a little bit more of that because there's still people that like you know we could go back home today or whatever, and they would still be like, ooh, ooh, you know what I mean? It's like how how why is it, how does it affect you? Yeah, yeah, right, you know? exactly. So it's something I've always, at least in my, I, I would like to say as an, as an adult, I, I, yeah, I don't really give a shit. Like, <laughs> be who you're going to be. You do what makes you happy type stuff. Um, yeah, so my, la- my second to last question is, uh, how would you quickly describe your end, political end goal of society? So, like, if you could... Like, you know what I mean? In a, in a very short, like, brief summary, like, what is what is Jason's anarchical world look like? Um, yeah, it's really hard because it, it, well, it's hard to sum up, right? But then also it's, it's weird because I'm, you know, such an anarchist on an individual level. But when I'm thinking about society, I'm very socialist. Um, and not that those two things can't mix, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just, w- what I want to see is like, uh, a world where, you know, the exploitation of the environment, like that threshold is just a lot, l- like, we're not pushing that, you know, like limit, we're not pushing that threshold mm-hmm. to where we're on the verge of extinction and we're not causing the collapse of ecosystems and other species to go extinct, um, because inevitably human beings are going to influence their environment. We're not separate from our environment. We're all part of it. Right. So it's inevitable. We're going to influence it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We are nature and we need to stop separating ourselves from it. 
but so you know because some environmentalists are like so anti-human it's it's gross you know like um so like i i just i want to see a world where we're not causing so much environmental uh catastrophe um and, and having uh a, a world that can have you know like independence like people can have independence while working in a worldwide system so that we can be a planet that functions together and helps each other while still maintaining some of our independence you know with with uh with our cultures and stuff like that you know and but mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is is that can't be reached through violence and through force so yeah that's an important thing too is like i don't want that to be achieved through force uh, which would be really hard to do. But yeah, I mean, I just, and I don't want that that economy to be driven by profit. I want people to be treated fairly and to be able to live more whole lives and meaningful lives and and be taken care of, you know? Like, I mean, and I think that that takes a world that is communicating with each other and, and uh, you know, we're taking the best thing from, from, every, from every system that we have right now and, and making new things out of it. So yeah, I mean, just take the profit out, take care of people, take care of the environment and like, you know, build a world that is better for us as human beings and just better for our, for the things we share the earth with instead of being so focused on 100% um, our individuality and our profitability. Yeah. I mean, I think that sums it up pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Um, okay. Uh, what is the, what's your first choice place to live outside of the United States? Like if you were like, I'm moving outside of the United States, boom, this is where I'm going. Like, what's your first choice? Mm. Uh, Scandinavia, um, somewhere up in there uh iceland maybe um iceland's a little cold i visited iceland in the winter and it's freaking cold but i like how small the country is i like how uh it's not a super internationally involved country i like the politics that <laughs> encompass iceland's domestic politics uh, I like that I could probably own a farm, like, you know, own some lands there. Um, yeah, I would say, like, Iceland or Sweden, maybe even the Netherlands. I could see moving to the Netherlands. I think the Netherlands have a dog breed restriction, though. Mm. So um, it, I don't think they allow bully breeds. And I think uh, me and my partner will probably have a, a pit bull for the rest of our lives. Um, not just the two we have now, but if they, you know, when, when they pass or whatever, we'll probably get more rescue more. And um, so I don't, I don't know if the Netherlands accepts uh, bully breeds like that. And so that would be a thing that I wouldn't want to uh, have to give up. But yeah, I would say Iceland if I'm going to. Yeah. 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 That's good. To... What, what about you? I don't know. See, I, I have no 
clue. And I've always looked, it's kind of why I asked because I've always looked to you for that kind of guidance. Right. Like, um, yeah, I mean, there's other things I'd want to be a part of in different parts of the world. Like there's, you know, like cool bands and music scenes over in Spain, you know, that would be interesting Mm -hmm. to be involved in. And I would like to be a, a part of, but like, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I don't know. It, I, like I said, it's why I asked you because, like, I feel like if you were to move out of the United States, I would definitely want to go wherever you were. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, I'd be yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I kind of want to move and be somewhat close. You know, like, like, yeah. Uh, but then again, yeah. I, I mean, know, I, I was gonna say. Go then again, I, I don't know. It's really hard because I think about it a lot. Like, I, I, I think I want to retire outside of the United States. But I mean, that pretty much means I have to be pretty, you know, well-to-do once when I retire, yeah. which, you know, hopefully, um, it, it, you know. Um, but uh, my partner and I, we often talk about, you know, um, the possibilities of us moving to Europe or somewhere. And... Uh, we're we're both pretty determined, not determined, but decided that Europe is the place we would probably move to, um, as far as continent wise. But where at in that continent, you know, obviously like Western, Northwestern Europe. I think France or England, you know, England is a little too much. I think German, um, it'd be. I, I can move to Germany, but I've never been to Germany, so I don't really know. Um, but uh, you know, I took I took two two courses in German, so I could probably pick it up again if I tried pretty quickly. But a lot of those you know non tourist dependent uh, countries, they really want you to speak the language and they want you to have a job coming in. They want you to have something to offer. So it's all it's all about getting in. Uh, and I mean, there's other problems with all those uh, you know post colonial countries. But um, yeah, I think uh, for me, Iceland is just like. It's it's one of the first countries I did like this like in my econ one hundred and one class like the first course I took in community college like we had to do like a report on just some like really really basic basic statistics on a country of our choice and like I just read about Iceland and I'm pretty jazzed on Iceland and it and, you know my partner has gone there twice and I've been there once and it's just a cool a cool cool place I mean they have a they have a population less than I think less than a quarter million people live on the live on the island and like their biggest city is Reykjavik and um like that holds like I want to say like 90% of the population so they have like I want you know to to put it in general terms like they have like 200,000 people and the next biggest city has like 25,000 people and then it's like those are the two biggest cities on the whole entire island and then there's like villages for real like for the rest and i think that's pretty cool yeah yeah totally no that sounds rad um okay so my last question actually has to do with the show and it is what does the leftovers part of the name leftovers podcast mean to you um i think when i first when you first posed the idea, right? The first time you think of leftovers and like with the logo I designed for it, you know, like the initial thought was like the, the leftover food, 
you know, like yeah, just like leftovers that something that's forgot about, um, or something that's thrown away, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, another thing that I I thought of immediately was like left, but over, you know, like keep going over, like it's to the left, but okay. over further, um. And that was kind of something that came into my mind too when you said that, like leftovers, because it's based on, yeah, you know, like the kind of actual left ideology, uh, or at least you know, like in in our minds, you know, like left, you know, but like when people think of left, they think Democrat, and it's like no, over, you know, like further, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. go further. So it's <laughs> yeah. like the left, but over more, you know. Uh, yeah. So that one always comes to mind too, and. I always think like leftovers, like everything, a lot of things are, are really good once they're leftovers, like pizza, you know, like (laughs) leftover pizza is super good. So like, I always think of that too, but I don't know. I don't know what it means to me specifically, but uh, one of the initial thoughts I had was the left, but over, that was like one of the things that stuck out to me, uh, yeah, that's super cool that you picked that up. I would I was thinking more on the terms of like when I when I, you know, brought it up, I and we kinda had to agree on it, right? There's a few names coming swirling around. But like I, I kinda was thinking, you know, what you first said with like leftovers food leftover food and things that are thrown out and not foods, but like I feel like sometimes like people who aren't like uh connected are tend to be left over by our system right um and that's kind of how i feel sometimes like just part of the leftovers you know what i mean and i think often like into my like ever-changing like role in like hierarchy of society like you know being a laborer for so long and then like getting into like academia it's like yeah i'm like it, it feels like some of that labor stuff is like left over in my ideology. You know what I mean? Like it's always going to reside there. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I always, so when you, when you liked it, I was like super stoked. And then, and then, you know, because, because this project, when I, when I brought it up to you, I was like, I want it to be, you know, partially about politics, but also about our relationship with, you know, the world and our relationship together and like how we experience childhood and you know along along with the world and i thought like some of those feelings where we talk about sometimes like they're like left over from like the past yeah yeah right like like it's the leftover stuff we've never come back to to explore yeah really yeah and exactly. and that can be yeah i mean you can look at it that way like we're exploring the leftover things that we've never we've never explored together, you know? And then also um, that's kind of how we feel in a more broad political sense too, right? Like, like no one's come back to visit our political ideologies yet. We're, we're all just kind of the leftovers of the mainstream political ideologies of this country. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, and that's when, you know, when, when we started talking about that, I, I really liked that idea. Um, and it's fun because, you know, you can play with it. Like, I think it's a fun name that you can play with, like having the leftover food in the logo. Like, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. And like one of my initial designs, I wanted to do like a bunch of like 
pizza boxes that had like you know leftover pizzas in it and like just slices mm-hmm. sticking out and like somebody already ransacked the place you know but like it was like a box yeah. of, you know like a stack of pizza boxes um and like so i think it's fun that you can kind of play with it too like it's a, it's i think it's a kind of versatile name yeah it definitely is it definitely is all right what's your last question okay last question and probably the most important <laughs> um uh oh this one's so funny it's so funny um do you prefer fallout 3 or fallout new vegas and why <laughs> very important um well i'm glad you didn't ask me if i prefer fallout 4 to one of those because i would fallout 4 was not that fun yeah. But oh man, that's hard. Yes, it is. Because I want to say okay, so I liked the setting of Fallout Three, uh, like DC or whatever. And the thing I didn't like about the setting in New Vegas is I hated like the cowboy, like, uh, theme or whatever. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's always like this underlying like kind of like cowboy. And I thought I, I I thought that was a little uh, cheesy. Whereas I felt Fallout 3 was just kind of, you know, a little more, didn't have a theme like that. Yeah. But, but, and it's a big but, when I play uh, shooter RPGs, I like to build sniper characters. And the, uh, the sniper rifle in New Vegas is substantially better than the sniper rifle in Fallout 3. So... Oh, I gotta say Fallout 3. Yeah. 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 No, that's. I go back and forth a lot on that. Because, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anti material rifle from New Vegas is, yeah. uh, like, mm-hmm. amazing. Like, you are sitting there one shotting, you know, single shotting Alpha, alpha <laughs> Death Claws, you know, from yeah, so yeah. far away. And it's just so rad yeah. to do. And, yeah, I love that game. And, and, the first time I saw you playing it, um, I was unsure of it because of the cowboy theme. And like, I saw your character and I was mm-hmm. like, you were like, yeah, it's kind of like cowboy themed. And I was like, oh, lame, you know, like, but yeah. then, you know, once I started playing it and realized, okay, there's that aspect to it, but there's still, it's still fallout. It's still super, you know, like I can get my cool sci-fi outfits and my road warrior type shit. Um, yeah it's so hard because i think a lot of the mechanics improved in new vegas um yeah I and did. i really liked that with a lot of the customization and and i really love a lot of the mechanics from four and like the gameplay as far as you mm-hmm, know building mm-hmm. your armor and customizing it and the same with weapons and i mean the settlement building gets kind of redundant and boring but it's a cool it's a cool yeah. idea um but yeah it's so hard because nothing I will never forget the moment I, you know, picked up Fallout 3 and started playing it. And the that that first scene when you leave the vault and you go into the world and I didn't fucking move. I don't even know how long I sat there and I was like, I don't know where to go. I'm too scared to move. Like I was just so <laughs> like yeah, just that moment it was like one of my favorite things that ever happened in, you know, video games. And yeah, it was just yeah. like, holy shit. And, and I'd never been an RPG kind of person, you know, before that. Yeah. And 
I was literally just like, holy shit. And I just murdered the crap out of the first person I came across because I was so terrified. Like, like, okay, do you remember in Fallout 3, you walk, you walk from the vault and you come across his house and there's a lady there and she has this problem. Like, you can talk to her and she's like, oh, this person owes me money or something and you go off and find him in Megaton. And, and I'm okay. pretty sure that's how you're supposed to find Megaton, right? And uh -huh. I literally, I went there and I opened the door and I saw her and I just opened fire. And like, <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. But like that, the thrill of that was so good, you know, and I've never gotten that again in, in, in video games. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's really hard because every time I play new Vegas through again, I, I, I remember why it's such a good game and why I like it so much. And, but there's nothing that beats that first experience of playing Fallout 3 the first time. And, like, first time I saw a Super Mutant in that game. And, you know, because I had no knowledge of... I knew the game was a post-apocalyptic game. And I watched you play it for, like, 10 seconds one time. And so yeah. that first time I played it, I... It was just the the best gaming experience I've ever had. Yeah, Fallout 3 was, like, a big introduction into, like... You know, I, I don't want to like pretty, like I haven't really played much other than RPGs since then. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, next week we will come out with a normally uh, scheduled episode. Um, and again, please uh, rate and review, and subscribe, and share. Um, Thank you, everybody. Dude, you're so bad at saying goodbye. Just say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, goodbye, everyone. <laughs>